2: At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited
1: by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.
3: This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg here on VSIN the Sports Betting Network. Feel free to follow on Twitter at scottsonair.com and at vsin live vsin now available on youtube tv you absolutely want to check that out as long as all as as well as all the ways that we are available simply go to vsin.com download the vsin app and find all the ways that you can consume the great lineup that we have here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. NFL Week 1 Sunday is in the books. Week 1 will wrap up Monday Night Football with the Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. More on that game coming up in a few minutes. Overreactions to what you have just seen are natural. And when you take a look at the future lines of or even just the future odds to make the playoffs, to win the Super Bowl, to win your division. When it comes to what you just seen, uh, there's going to be a natural reaction to kind of change your opinion. It's important to understand, hey, it's week one. Okay, chalk it up to week one. Some of these teams didn't play their quarterbacks in the preseason. There's going to be a rust factor there, and uh, or their starters at all in the preseason. So you know there's going to be a rust factor. And then it's also a 17-game schedule now, not a 16-game schedule. Teams are feeling themselves out. There's been teams, and we'll get to the stats certainly after week two. It's my favorite thing to do when uh, talking NFL football is to give out the numbers after week two, right? Teams that start 2-0 make the playoffs X amount of times. Teams that go 0-2 make the playoffs X amount of times. Uh, Different this year, of course, with the 17th game added, so it's a different dynamic, but those are still some fun overreactions to play with. And we've been overreacting to everything that we've seen here in Week 1 NFL Sunday so far here on The Look Ahead, including some really dominant performances by teams that you didn't expect to be so dominant. The Philadelphia Eagles did not have a high win total coming into this season, and if you asked people how the NFC East was going to play out, I think at best they would tell you the Eagles would be your third-place finisher behind the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. But just judging by the week one scores, the Philadelphia Eagles looked like the best team in that NFC East. A 32-6 dismantling of the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta has to have Eagles fans feeling really good about themselves. And you look at the performance, Jalen Hurts... 27 of 35 passing, 264 yards and three touchdowns. He connected with Devontae Smith six times for 71 yards. And the score, Miles Sanders had 74 yards on the ground. And then the defense really just taking it to the Falcons. Matt Ryan did absolutely nothing, 164 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Mike Davis unable to run the ball, 15 carries for 49 yards. Cordero Patterson actually ran the ball seven times for 54 yards. He was their most effective runner. And Calvin Ridley, five catches for 51 yards. And and it's an Atlanta Falcons team that I think people – expected them to have a transition year, I thought they'd be a little more competitive uh, and against an Eagles team that I did not have high expectations for. But Jalen Hurts played really well, and this Eagles team, they they surprised me in week one. Not surprised by the win, but really surprised in the manner in which they won. And so now looking ahead to their Week 2 line, the Eagles are three-point underdogs at home to the San Francisco 49ers. And will they be an attractive underdog pick because of what people saw in Week 1 here against the Falcons? Well, let's take a look at at the 49ers. The 49ers absolutely were well in control of their game against the Lions. It was a no-doubter. At no point in this game did you think the Lions had a chance to win. It was 41-17 to at one point. And then the Lions come back in the fourth quarter with 16 points and actually cover the closing line of nine. If you bet the Niners earlier in the week you won, you covered. If you bet them close to kickoff where they were a nine-point favorite, where the line just kept moving in favor of the 49ers, well, a 41-33 win, uh, not exactly going to cover the line for you. That was a terrible backdoor if you had the San Francisco 49ers, uh, a very good one if you had the Detroit Lions. And the 49ers were a very attractive survivor pool pick. In fact, I took them in my survivor pool as well, just you know, because I'm the type of guy that just likes to survive and advance. I'm not the type of guy that's going to say, oh, well, uh, I want to differentiate from people. I use that strategy later on. Right now, I'm just trying to get out of week one with a win. Okay, give me a break. Uh, 49ers, they handled the Detroit Lions, and I'll pick on the Lions all season long. But the Lions, uh, I think, showed some fight. They really did. I don't think it's necessarily a lock that they are going to have the worst record in the NFL. Uh, I was very impressed with the way that they kind of handled themselves. Uh, Albeit the game was well at, at hand and the outcome was never in question, but DeAndre Swift uh, didn't do much on the ground, but Jared Goff threw for 338 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, TJ Hawkinson had a big day, 97 yards. DeAndre Swift was really good catching the ball, a lot of those on the, the dump-offs and screen passes. But uh, this Lions team, they backdoor cover. But for the 49ers, it's the most points they have scored in a Week 1 road game in their team history. 41 points, the 41-33 win over the Detroit Lions. So now they have to go on the road again to face the Philadelphia Eagles. And the question is going to be, well, it's a West Coast team traveling east to play an early game against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Does that give the Eagles an advantage in this spot? Maybe. 49ers, three-point favorites, minus 115 currently at DraftKings. And I would expect Niners money to come in. Niners looked really, really good here offensively, especially, in uh, this game. I think an angle to look at might be the over. You looked at both of these teams offensively, and they both put up a ton of points. I mentioned 41 for the 49ers, and 32 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, that total right now is sitting at 49 at DraftKings. Could be a very attractive overplay for both of these teams. As far as the defenses are concerned, the Eagles defense looked better against Matthew Stafford and the Falcons than the 49ers defense looked, but the 49ers, they, like I said, that game was at hand and you know maybe they were a little bit laxed when it comes to their defense in the fourth quarter against the Detroit Lions as the Lions were able to come back and, and make it a game, or not really make it a game, but certainly cover that spread late in the game. Maybe this could be a situation where we have a high-scoring game at Citizens Bank, uh, but as far as the line, the overreaction Don't necessarily think that there's an overreaction either way. I expected the 49ers to be favored in this game, and they are favored against the Philadelphia Eagles. A game that we have not touched on yet, and uh, there's a couple of them. We'll get to the big one coming up in uh, just a few minutes. But let's talk about, as I mentioned, uh, the Lions maybe not necessarily a lock to have the worst record in the NFL. The team that I thought would have the worst record in the NFL is the Houston Texans and the Texans well they get a win in week 1 so definitely not going winless and they defeat the Jaguars 37 to 21 Trevor Lawrence Urban Meyer their first game and uh not good not good Trevor Lawrence 28 of 51 passing 332 yards three touchdowns and three interceptions Meanwhile, Tyrod Tyrod Taylor just, you know, played like the veteran that he is. 21 of 33 passing, 291 yards, two touchdowns. Mark Ingram, another savvy vet. He had 85 rushing yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, big game, five catches, 132 yards, no touchdowns. But that's a very good performance uh, from Brandon Cooks. So the Texans, you know, they were an interesting pick here in week one. I probably should have looked at them a little further, but I stayed away. Uh, Didn't know what to expect from them. Certainly didn't know what to expect from the Jaguars. And, well, Texans look great, and the Jaguars look bad. So now you look ahead to Week 2 lines. Jaguars, six-point dogs at home against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, who just went on the road and handled the New York Giants. So can they go on the road again and handle an inferior team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'll tell you, if Trevor Lawrence was turning the ball over against that Houston Texans defense, what's he going to do against this Von Miller-led Denver Broncos defense? So Broncos six-point favorites over the Jaguars. Meanwhile, the Houston Texans, they are playing the Cleveland Browns. And this line is high. Texans, 11 and a half point underdogs on the road against the Cleveland Browns. While I think there's a lot of positives that you can take from the Texans' performance, it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's going to be a major step up in class here against the Cleveland Browns. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead right here on VCID, the sports betting network.
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network, and we're overreacting to week one in the NFL season while taking a look ahead to the week two lines. And one of the best games, if not the best game, of Week 1 NFL Sunday was the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Browns were an underdog in this game. And for the large part of it, I thought they were going to win it out, right? The Browns took an early lead over the Chiefs. They looked really good um, offensively. They were playing great defensively. They were playing great. It was 22-10 at the half. And the second half, really, the Kansas City Chiefs turned it on. They scored early, made it 22-17. to uh, The Browns then fumbled, which was big because the Chiefs added a field goal and make it 22-20. Browns responded, though, with a touchdown and made it 29-20. And then it was the Chiefs uh, scoring. The Browns turned it over on downs. Chiefs scored another touchdown. And then the Browns unable to respond. Uh, they got the ball back with a chance. With uh, some time left on the clock. But Baker Mayfield was trying to throw the ball away when he was getting sacked. And because he was getting hit and dragged down when he tried to throw the ball away. wound up being intercepted. And that was all she wrote as the Chiefs. 1-0. Winning at Arrowhead. 33-29. to But the Cleveland Browns do cover the spread. So like they say. Good teams win. Great teams cover. The Cleveland Browns are now a massive favorite at home against the Houston Texans. 11 and a half. That is such a huge line in the NFL. It's, it's, I can't even explain. It is a huge, huge line for a week one game. I I just, I, I can't imagine that there's going to be a lot of people that will wager on the Cleveland Browns at that high of a line. And maybe it will drop because maybe there will be people that will come in here and will bet – the other side, especially when you consider the Texans coming off a win and Tara Taylor looked good, Brandon Cooks, as I mentioned, Mark Ingram. So they looked better than expected, but the Texans are still a team that I thought was going to have the worst record in the NFL. But just looking at that line, the highest line of the week, I believe, was the San Francisco 49ers, 9.5 against the Detroit Lions. So 9.5 was that spread, and uh, oh, the Rams were 9.5. I think it went off of 8.5. So think about that. The highest spread in week one was 9.5, the 49ers, and the Lions. And that was in Detroit. If that game is in San Francisco, could that have been, as we add the six points, a 15 point spread? Would the 49ers be favored by over two touchdowns against the Detroit Lions? I guess you could say that. But in the NFL, that's just way too many points. This isn't college football here. We'll get to college football in a couple of minutes. But this isn't a college football line. The Browns, 11 and a half point favorites against the Texans. I don't know anybody that's comfortable with that. And. I guess you can tease it down, and you'll get it through the seven number if you tease it down. But a lot of people might think that it's better off to tease the Texans up. And you get them at 18 and a half, 17 and a half, if it's a six point or seven point teaser. But eleven and a half is such a high line. I don't necessarily think it's an overreaction. Uh, I think it's not a reaction on the Texans, and it's a reaction on how good the Browns looked against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they did look good. I think that the Browns, and we're impressed by what the Steelers did certainly, uh, but I think the Browns are the favorite to win the AFC North with good reason. Uh, it's going to be them, but it, the race might be a little tighter than people expect with the Steelers picking up a win here in a game that many believe that they would not pick up a win in. So. You have the AFC North, all teams doing well. The Ravens have their opportunity on Monday Night Football, but the Browns at his 11.5-point favorite, that is really high against, I understand, a bad Texans team, but the Texans got the tune-up game they wanted, the cupcake game they wanted in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and boy, did they take care of business against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Speaking of the Jags, we talked about it earlier, six-point home dogs, to the Denver Broncos, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, if the Broncos were able to go into MetLife Stadium and dominate the New York Giants, they should be able to go into Jacksonville and take care of the Jacksonville Jaguars. One game left on your Week 1 schedule, and it is Monday night football. Here in Las Vegas, the Raiders hosting the Ravens. Currently, the Ravens, four and a half point favorites. The total is 50 and a half. And uh, there's a lot of question marks about this game. A lot of question marks with the running back situation for both teams. Josh Jacobs, the latest news coming out is that he has been downgraded to questionable with an illness. And for the Ravens, I don't know who's going to be the guy. Tyson Williams, Uh, Latavius Murray. I don't know. They've had so many injuries in their backfield. I don't think that John Harbaugh knows who's going to be his go-to running back in this game. So I think that the Raiders could be live dogs at home. Allegiant Stadium is going to be rocking for this game, Monday Night Football, it's the first game with fans, first regular season game with fans in attendance in that building. Uh, but the Ravens, they're they, they are so good. They have really played um, great in the preseason. We know uh, how good they are in the preseason in covering games. And if you're asking how good they are comparatively in week one, to how they play in the preseason. Well, think about this. We know how great their record is in the preseason with the consecutive wins and the consecutive covers. Historically, they have parlayed that preseason success into week one success. Under Harbaugh, the Baltimore Ravens are 10 and three against the spread in week one he is the most profitable coach in week one since 2003 and if you throw in his record against the spread after a bye week which is nine and four that means that with extra time to prepare for a game in his career 19 and seven against the spread, but really it's the week one stats that we're going to focus on here. And that is 10 and three against the spread in week one for Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens. That is a very good sign for Ravens backers in this game. And it's going to be a reason why I look to the Ravens to cover this line is because of the success that they have had. And Yes, the running back situation does concern me because the Ravens are a running football team. But Lamar Jackson will have designed runs in this game. I think one of my favorite prop bets is Lamar Jackson. Anytime touchdown scorer, it's minus 115 at DraftKings, but it should be higher because when there's a goal-to-go situation, they're going to have designed runs for him. So he... I think he's the best bet to score a touchdown in this game. And I would even sprinkle a little bit on the plus 550 at DraftKings for Lamar Jackson to have two touchdowns. How about that? I think that could be a good value bet, plus 550 for uh, Lamar Jackson to score two touchdowns because I don't know who they trust in the backfield as far as the running back goes. If it's Williams, if it's Latavius Murray, if it's somebody else that we don't know about. Mark Andrews, pretty unstoppable at the tight end position. And uh, Lamar Jackson, so great, so dynamic. Plus, this Raiders team has allowed the second most rushing touchdowns in the NFL a season ago. Hey, football season is here, and uh, starting right now, v has added new talent and shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The v lineup expands to 21 hours of live programming every weekday, as well as additional shows on the weekend. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game. Across the country, VSIN has added new personalities to our existing world class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and of course, strategic sports bettors. Visit VSIN.com to see our new lineup and meet our tech. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is now available 24 7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24 7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit VSIN.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VSIN. Scott Sonderberg back here with you on the look ahead, right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have Reacted and overreacted and overreacted to week one Sunday in the NFL. But as I mentioned, the NFL is a week-to-week sport. So is college football. And there are plenty of overreactions to what you have just seen in the college football schedule. And the college football lines come out various places. On Sunday, in the midst of the NFL madness, it can get lost in the shuffle. But I'm a big college football guy, as you'll come to learn here on this show. I love me some college football. 2-0 this past uh, Saturday. 6-1-1 on the season so far. You can find all of my picks, as as, as well as other uh, VEASAN experts, on our Best Bets article, available every Thursday on VSIN.com and the VSIN app, so make sure that you subscribe to get all of our VSIN expert best bets there, uh, where I had the uh, two underdog teams that uh, almost won outright here on Saturday. I love me some underdogs in college football. In fact, of my six wins, five of them were underdog plays. Four out of the five underdogs won outright. One of them, Arkansas State, plus the six, lost the game, but covered the spread this past Saturday. So we're going to try and take a look and see if we can find some more underdog plays, uh, dogs that would be barking this Saturday on the college football schedule. But the lines come out, and there's some overreaction to what we just saw. And and the first overreaction that I noticed um, is that Oregon is going to the college football playoff. Slow down. Oregon looked really good against Ohio State. And it just seems like the Buckeyes have this type of game every single year, right? They have this hiccup along their schedule. This year, I, I kind of look at them a little differently just because C.J. Stroud is the starter, and he's not like he's a you know true, true freshman. He's been around the team and, and certainly is very capable, and I still think Ohio State, is the favorite to come out of the Big Ten. Even though a team like Iowa has looked great, Penn State has been playing well, Michigan's off to a 2-0 start, I still think Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten. But for Oregon, to say right now that they're going to the college football playoff, a little bit of an overreaction. They're still going to need some help. I think that this win clearly helps them but doesn't erase the rest of their schedule. And the Pac-12, not necessarily strong enough that the Pac-12 champion, undefeated Pac-12 champion, is a lock for the college football playoff if there are other circumstances. Now, if you're comparing an undefeated Pac-12 champion to a one-loss ACC champion, well, now you're going to have to compare what the loss was and move forward to figure out how the team looked compared to what the other loss was for the other team. And, And let's say Clemson, okay? Clemson wins out and finishes the year with one loss. Okay? Well, now... You look at Clemson as a one-loss team, and you try and compare them to an undefeated Pac-12 champion in Oregon. A lot of other things have to come into play here. For example, who does Clemson beat in the ACC title game? Is it a one-loss North Carolina team? Because if North Carolina wins out, and then they play Clemson in the ACC title game, it's going to be a good resume for the ACC champ obviously Clemson's resume would be better because their loss could be the best loss of anybody in college football. A 10-3 defeat on a neutral field to a Georgia team that could very well go undefeated this year and win the SEC, not a bad loss. In fact, you could make the argument for a one-loss Clemson if, they play a one-loss North Carolina team in the ACC championship game, and if Georgia goes out and wins the rest of their games, including the SEC title game against likely opponent Alabama, well, now you're comparing, that's a really good Clemson resume, to an Oregon team that has the win against Ohio State. Okay. It's a big win against Ohio State, but... The rest of this Oregon schedule, Stony Brook this week, Arizona, Stanford, Cal, Colorado, UCLA, Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, Utah. It's not going to be a signature win on the remainder of their schedule. The signature win is the win against Ohio State. So is that win good enough now to propel them to the college role playoff? I don't think the answer is yes right now. It's a wait-and-see approach. So that's the first overreaction. If you're looking at the future market and you want to take a look at the teams to win the national championship, Oregon is still plus 2,500 on DraftKings. And I think that's a fair line. Alabama is your favorite at plus 180. Georgia is your second favorite at plus 330. Oklahoma plus 750, Clemson plus 800, Ohio State plus 900, and then Oregon plus 2,500. I think that's a good place for Oregon, and I know what you're saying. Well, Oregon beat Ohio State, so why are they that far behind them in the odds? It's against the circumstances. I believe Ohio State wins out, wins the Big Ten. Big Ten champ, Ohio State with one loss, especially it's an early loss. People will forget about that committee will forget about that. They're going to get into the college football playoff. It's always about what have you done for me lately, right? And in college football, it's the one thing that we've learned with the BCS. It's the one thing that has stayed true with the college football playoff. It's that it's better to lose early than to lose late. If you lose in week one or week two, you can overcome it. If you lose in your conference championship game, very difficult to overcome unless the circumstances are like it could be this year with Alabama and Georgia both being undefeated going to the SEC championship game, and let's say that game's decided by a field goal, well then the loser at one loss still has a very good chance to get into the college football playoff. So that's a quick look at your futures, but in terms of your week two lines and the overreaction, well... The Ducks. That's the biggest overreaction, but can't look at their week two because again they play Stony Brook. Uh, excuse me in week three. Uh, if you are looking at Ohio State, right, and and how are people going to feel about the Buckeyes moving forward? Uh, you know, Ohio State moving forward is an interesting case. Are you going to downgrade them based on this loss to Oregon, or if anything? are you going to upgrade them? Because you think now it's a refocused Ohio State team that can't afford to lose any more games. So they're going to have to put the pedal to the metal and really go after teams now. They're at home against Tulsa, and it's a heavy line. 25 points. But This could be a game in which Ohio State takes out its frustration and Ryan Day takes out his frustration and the Buckeyes put a hurting on the Golden Hurricane. That could be one to watch for Ohio State moving forward here as far as the overreaction to the biggest game there from Week 2. In college football. There's uh, plenty more college football games to take a look at for week three. And uh, a couple of ones that I circled. Cincinnati on the road against Indiana. Cincinnati is laying three points on the road. Uh, you're looking at Notre Dame. Which is a, two point, uh, a seven point favorite at home against Purdue. And the biggest game in the SEC. Alabama at Florida with Alabama laying 15 points in that game. It's a lot of points to lay in a, a big-time conference game, but this is not the same Florida team that we saw last season, and uh, it seems like Alabama has things figured out. Uh, another big game between the two top 25 teams, Penn State, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Auburn. We'll explore more college football lines. Coming up next, I'm Scott Sidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VC. Zumo Play. Ed on VCN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your vsin free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 seven video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything vsin has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. I'm Scott Satterberg back here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can follow me on Twitter at ScotsOnAir, and you can follow us all at VSIN Live. Plenty of NFL reactions and overreactions for week one Sunday, as well as college football week two Saturday as we take a look ahead to week three college football lines and some top 25 matchups as we continue to look at the schedule. BYU, fresh off a victory as a home dog against number 21, Utah, 26-17 win. BYU jumps into the top 25. They are number 23, and they take on number 19, Arizona State, with the Sun Devils, a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Are we disrespecting BYU a little too, a little bit too much? I know Zach Wilson's not there anymore, but looked pretty good in that Holy War game against Utah in a game I think a lot of people felt that Utah, with the addition of Charlie Brewer, at quarterback, was going to have a very good season in the Pac-12 and certainly win that game against BYU. Well, BYU now coming off that win. Is this a letdown spot possibly against Arizona State? I don't think they can afford that. So, uh, you know, BYU as a home dog, once again, could be an attractive spot if you're going to pay attention to that line and see uh, as it adjusts throughout the week. How about uh, UCLA? They are riding high after a 2-0 start to their season. And UCLA has looked good, I'm not going to lie, against Hawaii I didn't think they ever had a chance to to lose that game. I uh, had the under in that game. It did hit. But against LSU, I, I stayed away. I just didn't think that UCLA, to me, was a lock to cover that game. That, not only did they cover, I mean, they beat up on LSU really, really good 38 27. And that was you know, in week uh, one of the college football season. They didn't play last week. And. Now you're looking at them at home against Fresno State laying double-digit points, 10 points. Let's think about this for a second. Fresno State had the game against Oregon in which they covered and gave the Ducks fits. That, again, was their second game of the season. It was, you know, obviously UConn. uh, They had the tune-up game in Week 0 against UConn. And then they go on the road to Fresno, uh, to Oregon, and they play really well, give the Ducks everything they have, and Oregon comes away with the win. And we know how good Oregon is now, right, after their win at Ohio State. So do we give Fresno State a little bit of credit now for what they've accomplished so far? And then they blow out Cal Poly. Is Fresno State a live dog catching 10 against UCLA who – had the week off last week. Is there a little bit of a rust factor coming in for UCLA having the week off? But a big win for UCLA two weeks ago against LSU, and in what could be a very good season for the Bruins in a year where Chip Kelly probably has the best team he's had so far there. Uh, not surprised to see them as a favorite against Fresno State. You willing to lay 10. Is Fresno stayed a live dog there, plus the points? I think that's something we're going to have to explore as the week rolls on and, and see which way the money is going in this game and if people are going to bet UCLA and this spread can get higher than a 10-point line, which it is right now. But again, considering what Fresno did against Oregon, now you're looking at them here against UCLA. Could be worth uh, paying attention to with a double-digit spread. Very high line there. Iowa State, uh, they're coming off the loss against Iowa. They're going to face UNLV. That game's going to be at Allegiant Stadium, actually, here in Las Vegas. Uh, they're a heavy favorite, 30 points. Uh, UNLV is bad. Not, not going to handicap that one much. Uh, oh, one game that I did mention earlier, but we didn't get into it. It's Notre Dame laying seven points at home against Purdue. Notre Dame hasn't exactly looked great to start this season. They escape against Florida State. The same Florida State team that just lost to Jacksonville State. So we felt really good about Florida State after their performance against Notre Dame. But that Florida State team just lost to Jacksonville State. So... How good do we feel about Florida State now knowing what they did last week? And for Notre Dame, coming off that win against Florida State, maybe we have to not give them so much credit for that because of what we know now about Florida State after that game. But they barely beat Toledo. They should have lost that game. They came back, they won that game barely. And now are laying a touchdown on the road, uh, excuse me, at home against Purdue, who feeling pretty good about themselves after blowing out UConn. But then again, you and I can blow out UConn. Not a surprise there. But Purdue looked good in week one against Oregon State. Uh, I did think that that was a good win for them. Uh, Plummer had 300 somewhat passing yards. So you feel good about him moving forward. And in this game, honestly, it's a it's a rivalry game. It's an in-state game. I think there'll be Purdue fans in the stadium and I don't think that Notre Dame should des- is deserving of laying a touchdown or more than a touchdown. And I think as the week progresses, we're going to see people betting on Purdue and this line moving down. So to me, that's certainly worth a look uh, as we take a look at the college football lines that came out here this weekend, and you can find these lines uh, pretty much everywhere now. Um, But Notre Dame did not impress me against Toledo. We have to certainly knock them down from the win against Florida State, just based on what we've seen from Florida State. We saw what we saw last week, right? And maybe that was a letdown spot, but still um, not a good performance Laying seven, and Purdue right now, if you're looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook, Purdue plus seven is minus 120. So if you like Purdue, get the the action in now, because that line is going to move to probably plus six and a half very, very soon. And maybe even plus, plus six or plus five and a half come kickoff on Saturday from South Bend. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, college football, certainly the, the, the very fun, my bread and butter. I love college football. I love underdogs. And I mentioned my record earlier, and you can find all my picks on the VSIN Best Bets emails that come out on Thursday when it comes to college football and are tweeted out as well at Scott's on air at VSIN Live. Uh, But underdogs winning outright is something that I take pride in. Five of my underdog wins so far this season have been outright wins. So if I look at this slate and I'm thinking to myself, who's an underdog that can win outright in their game? And just really quickly glancing at this schedule, I think Michigan State is a live dog at the U. Playing against Miami – They're catching six points. Michigan State beat Northwestern as an underdog, 38-21 in Week 1. They beat up on Youngstown State, 42-14, so they're feeling pretty good about their offense. 38 points in Week 1, 42 points in Week 2. Meanwhile, Miami, uh, they bounced back from their loss against Alabama to narrowly escape with a win against Appalachian State, a game that they could have very easily lost. They allowed 44 points to Alabama and 23 to App State. I think at home against Michigan State, laying six, it it was six and a half. It's now six. It's going to get lower. Michigan State will be a live dog in that game, and I would not be surprised if Michigan State wins outright against Miami. Not surprised at all. So we'll keep an eye on that as the week moves forward for your college football slate. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We continue to react and overreact to Week One NFL Sunday coming up next.
1: Zumo Play.